Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Welcome to this show, Bible News Radio. This is Toby Mack. Hi, Rachel. We're going to listen to this for a few minutes as people come in and, you know, all the platforms roll out the show. is joining me tonight as well because there he is people Handsome hunky husband. Look into the eyes of the broken hearted. people that was toby mac his his actually pit song speak life hope you guys enjoyed that um we are tonight going to be talking about uh 
a lot of news in the in the Christian church, um, and particularly in the world of Christianity and the and Christian celebritydom, uh, primarily here in America. Um, and so the caveat right at the beginning of this show is this: I am just the messenger. Yeah, I am. People, I didn't make these stories up. I'm not trying to be divisive in any way. Um, But we are going to look at what's going on in the church, in the body of Christ as a whole. And, you know, it's it's one of these things where I have a hard time because on the one hand, you know, the point of my show here is to build disciples, to make disciples, to educate the church so that the church knows what the heck's going on so that we hopefully can respond in a biblical way, uh, to what's going on. The problem is, and, and this is the conflict I have, the conflict is that when the church has so much divisiveness within itself, um, it's really hard to, how do I say, I'm not even sure how to say it. How do I say this? Let's see. Okay, I'll just say hi to you people. Hello, people. Hi, Mia and Angie, Kim. Nice to see you. I think I said hi to everybody in there. Um, Harold Beans. Is that really your name? Or are you heralding Beans? No. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. My bad. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so my, my goal here is to... Uh, <laughs> Oh, boy. Turn your mic down just a little bit. Yeah, sure. How's that? That good? Uh, Maybe too much. That? I don't know. You don't know? Is that better? Maybe up a little more. Maybe you're just getting loud. That could be it. It was just clipping a little bit. I've been accused of being a loud mouth at times. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's go with that. aggressive. Be aggressive. Yeah. Anyway. Right, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. There it goes again. It's, it's clipping. And okay, so. okay. Well, I'll try to. I'll try to hold back. Anyway. Okay. So my point. Okay. How do I say this? Okay. So first of all, welcome, people. Hello, everybody. Do you feel like I'm looking at you right now? Because I'm looking right into the camera and making you. I'm looking deep into your eyes. Yeah, I am. Some of you have beautiful blue eyes, like me. Some of you have beautiful brown eyes. And I'm not going to tell you what my mom said about people with brown eyes. Some of you have hazel eyes like my dad. Mm-hmm. Some of you got green eyes. And not many of you, because I think green eyes are probably the, the the most rare eye color. I don't know. It could be yellow. Some of you might have animals that have different colored eyes. And I'm looking into them right now. Yeah, I am. Okay, so hazel. Hazel, hazel. You got hazel. See, I got hazel, actually. Technically, my eyes are blue, but they will turn colors with different colored shirts. Anyway, so, you know, on the one hand, we need to talk about these issues. On the other hand, I don't like talking about these issues because if you know me, really, if you really know me, one thing you know about me is I don't like Christian celebrity. It drives me crazy. I hate it. I've been ranting about it for 15 years on a podcast. Um, I don't like it when people put this show or me on a pedestal and I've had that happen. Sorry, people. It's true. I know some of you are like, really? They would put you on a pedestal? Yes. I've had that happen, people. Um, I've had people, (laughs) I've had people 
meet me in person or if I call him on the phone, <laughs> just some of the reactions, it's been kind of funny. It's kind of unexpected. Not that I'm, I'm like a, if you want to put me in the category of minor, 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 you know, a Z celebrity, like down at the bottom of Christian celebrity, that's probably where I would fall. Um, but in the world of Christianity as a whole, evangelicalism in particular, even though if you look at Christianity, there's like the Reformed camp, you have the Baptist camp, you have the Charismatic camp, you have the Word of Faith camp, you have the Assemblies of God camp, you have, you know, you have all the different camps, okay? Um, which reminds me of a song I learned when I went to Bible school, uh, camp, when I went to camp, when I was in high school, I learned a song called, it, it went this way, camp, 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 I went to camp, Fun, fun, fun. I had some fun. It was really fun to sing back then when I was 15. But anyway. Anyway, so all that to say, this brings me no joy talking about this. In fact, I don't like talking about it. I'd much rather be talking about um, other stuff. But the problem is when we have such huge problems within the body of Christ and we have that division and it and the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, that his church, you know, his bride would be one, you know, when that clearly hasn't been fulfilled yet, it's heartbreaking, right? I mean, I can, I have stories of, quote, the world that we can look at and we can be grieved by because our values, our biblical Christian values are being attacked. But when you have believers attacking believers and not on the merit of ideas really but on the on the merit of a personal attack that's where we have to draw the line and we should not be doing that okay i mean i don't care how spiritual you are <clears throat> one of the biggest things christ had a problem with was the pharisees and uh he he drew a line the lord drew a line when it came to legalism the law and how religious folk act did acted he didn't like his house uh, being a uh, place where um, you know it was made a, a merchandising place a den of thieves uh, you know he was grieved because his house is supposed to be a house of prayer and you know when you have people like John MacArthur uh, who is very well respected in the reformed camp which I do not wholeheartedly support, and I will tell you why, in a word, Israel, because they don't, they don't, they believe that the church replaces Israel, which is bad theologically, it's incorrect. But you can be a great expository Bible teacher, which John MacArthur is, I think he falls into that camp, but you can also be an arrogant butthead, which I think he's kind of being. <laughs> and then you have, you know, Beth Moore, bless her heart, and I mean that in a nice way, I don't mean it in a mean way, but you have Beth Moore, who who has in recent years been under the microscope of many in the, in the reform camp, which I think are more pharisaical and more critical. You tend to have more of the, uh, the you have more of the, um, quote, so-called discernment people in that camp attacking Beth Moore because they don't agree with how she sees certain things. They put her into the word of faith movement. I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't put her in that camp. I think that she has, 
guys are cracking me up. I think that she, I think that she has some error. I think that she has gotten sick and tired of the misogyny in the body of Christ, which I believe that there is. Um, I don't agree with everything Beth Moore has, but I also think, and I'm speaking as a really, truly objective person, not just because I'm a woman, but I really do think that uh, some of the men preachers out there are frankly jealous of her. I do. She's probably one of the most famous Bible teachers in the world. Um, um, I would not personally put her on the par with Kay Arthur, though. Kay Arthur Precepts Ministries, I think, is probably the best female teacher in the world. Um, anyway, so I do think, <clears throat> um, you know, that Beth is a little emotional sometimes. Um, she has an abuse of history, a sexual abuse history in her background. I don't know how much she's really truly dealt with that, to be honest. Um, her personality is more flamboyant than the stiff John MacArthur is. Um, you know, she's just a different person. And so when you have leaders, and they are leaders, let's, you know, say who it is. When, when you have leaders attacking one another, instead of being mature adults and going and trying to deal with differences, um, it doesn't any, it doesn't do anybody any good, you know. In fact, it it's pathetic, really, you know, because then you got the more liberal men coming out and supporting Beth, and then you got the other legalistic, you know, guys who are like to be like they're mocking and arrogant because they think, oh, I'm so great theologically, and, and here's one of the big issues that they're arguing about. Um, <laughs> they're arguing about whether or not women should be pastors. And this woman here, that would be me, I hold personally to the view that I do not personally believe, scripturally speaking, a woman should be a pastor of a church. I don't think that's biblical. From what I understand in, in the epistles, that's not biblical. I don't think a woman, um, I don't think that's her role. I do think, however, that women can be women pastors over women. Um, you know, Kay Arthur, she often talks about, you know, how, you know, how some people actually used to bag on her uh, because she would be a, a Bible. She would hold, she actually started, her and her husband, Jack, who's now with the Lord, they actually started Precepts Ministries International. And she was teaching, her and Jack were, were missionaries first, but then they were teaching um, the youth right? And let's face it. Let's just be honest. How many men actually volunteer in the youth ministry? Well, I can tell you I've been in the church close to 40 years now, and mostly it's women, okay? Women are, quote, relegated to the kids' church and to women's ministry. Um, and if they dare preach during a Sunday morning sermon, they're, you know, they're crucified, most things. There's differing views on that. My personal view is I don't think it's it's biblical. I know some of my friends who I've had on my show, uh, you know, like, like Pastor Tommy Norman, she she believes it's okay. I don't agree with that, but I respect her. I'm not going to argue with her. I understand her point of view. I just personally don't resonate with it, but I don't hate Tommy. I actually love Tommy. I think she's a great, a great teacher and a great pastor, to be honest. But when you have prominent men like John MacArthur being really rude 
and their delivery at a conference that's supposed to be a conference edifying pastors and building pastors up and teaching them, saying some of the things that he said, I just think it's sad. And, um, you know, I do think that he owes her an apology. He also attacked Paula White, who I completely disagree with theologically. <laughs> uh, um, and all that, but still, because she's a woman, you know, there, there, there are some things. So let me read you the article. And, uh, and there is a seven and a half minute exchange. And really, I want to play it barefaced because I want people to hear it because then you'll understand why I think, I think that the John MacArthur needs to, to, uh, apologize. <clears throat> And then I will tell you what Beth Moore said and responded to, because she did respond to this on Twitter, which she has a tendency to do. Um, um, do you so, want to say something? So do you want to look at the article first? or? Yeah, or we could just, I don't know, we could just play the video, because it is seven minutes, seven and a half minutes. And pretty much all the article does is recap that. So I don't know, put a one if you'd rather see the video, or put a, one if, put a two if you'd rather hear the article, because... I personally think hearing the men and how they're talking actually gives you more of a context. And I'm not one of these people like to, you know, take a sound bite and go, oh, look at this. Let's crucify that person for saying that. Um, I think context. Okay, everybody's saying one. So they all, they all want to see the video. Okay, just so you know, this video is just a still photo, but you're going to hear the audio. Um, I don't know why they actually didn't have the video. Um, so... We'll get Randall to do that. Maybe because uh, maybe because cameras weren't allowed. Yeah, I don't know. But um, let me go back here and see if there's anything else uh, that I missed. Yeah, Rachel is K. Arthur. Okay, you guys are talking about. Well, I'm just saying, Rachel. Generally, the Reformed camp of the church believes that the, is that the church replaces Israel. Um, anyway, so, um, all right. So when you're ready, we'll go ahead. We'll play that. And you guys can look at that instead of me for seven minutes. <laughs> and by the way, thank you for sharing this out. Wow. That, that does, I do sound loud, don't I? That sounds really loud to me. Am I too loud to you guys? Not that you've brought your voice way down now. <sighs> okay. All right. Ready? Okay. Pay attention, people. Under your stretches, I will say a word, and then the three of you need to give a one or a pithy by the way, response to the Can word. they hear me Are still? Like yeah. Okay, this is Todd Friel, by the way, who's speaking. That is always the case with Todd. Watch out for him. He will try to embarrass you. We're going to start out. This is, this is just kind of touching your toes. Easy, easy setup for you. Let's begin with an easy one. The word is Beth Moore. That's two words. <laughs> Liberalist. All right. Dr. MacArthur, Beth Moore. How many words do I get? You know, actually, and, and before you answer this, please think carefully this time, because last time you did a one-word association, yeah, the no, guy wrote a book a about paper, it, and we don't want that. I was thinking of the same word. Okay. Go home. <laughs> okay, so he said go home. Beth Moore, okay? Well, I, I see we're warmed up. 
And the laughter is disgusting to me. Um, there's no case that can be made biblically for a woman preacher. Period. Paragraph. End of discussion. <laughs> so let me see if I can get a clarification on that. Got one. Phil, anything to add? No, I, the word that comes to my mind is narcissistic. I, I think the first time I saw her, I thought, she, she is, this is a, going back to the last session of what Mike said, this is what it looks like to preach yourself rather than Christ. All right. And she, in uh, fact, she has said that. She said, I read the Bible and I try to find myself in the narrative. I put myself in the narrative. And that, that is exactly what she does. Can you pause for a minute? And this, by the way. Is it, or is it too hard to do that? Okay, yeah. Okay, just think about this for a first for, for a second. Okay, I'm going to commentate during this and bareface you can too if you want. Okay, so Phil and I'm not sure which Phil this is. I forgot. But this guy is bagging on Beth for putting herself in the narrative of scripture. Put a 1 if you've ever done that. Number number 1, put a 1 if you've done that. Number 2, put a 1 if you've been taught that by anybody. Because this is how <laughs> Generally speaking, we, uh, we learn to apply the word of God to our lives, okay? So that in itself is such a lame, oh, it's Phil Johnson? Okay, that explains a lot. So that's such a lame um, <laughs> attack. It's such a lame attack. Okay, I'm done with that part. Yeah. Phil Johnson, in case you guys don't know, is also a, a very well-known Bible teacher. He's a very popular blog and um, really well-known for being, quote, so-called discerning. Um, anyway. Yeah. Right. And I, I totally disagree with that, with them bashing her and laughing at her. That's kind of why I'm bringing this up. Okay, go on was supposed to be here, but I, I'll just uh, let you know, he's, he's not here because he's weak, is what it is. He's weak, and he wanted to rest. So, Mike, and by the way, dude, you killed it. That sermon was double. I heard John MacArthur say, period, paragraph, end of story. <laughs> All right, one more, and then we will get into our video clips. I would just add one thing. Um, just because you have the skill to sell jewelry on the TV sales channel doesn't mean you should be preaching. There are people who have certain hawking skills, um, natural abilities to sell they have energy and personality and all of that um that doesn't qualify you to preach okay um, you know what <clears throat> yeah. i i go ahead randall you you comment on this i'm because <laughs> i mean what does that have to do with basically i don't know if she's got a background in home shopping channel or anything i don't think that she does no that's and, my knowledge. Yeah, and so it's, uh, it's a, uh, well, uh, you know, the implication is she's she's a, you know, um, a saleswoman that she she hawks things and she's got ability to sell stuff. 
your books or studies or whatever and that's that's her real talent um and and preaching is just a covering for that is just a you know addendum to hawking her wares and I have, here's a news flash for John MacArthur. Every pastor is a salesperson. Yeah. Just saying. In today's culture, especially. Yeah, I, I thought, to me, and I don't call this word out very often, but to me, that was very sexist. That was a very sexist comment that he made. Which goes to... Because he mentioned jewelry? Yes. Or... Yeah. Oh. I think so. Yeah, I do. He'll go, he goes on to call her a narcissist, which I also have a problem was, with. That was the other guy, I thought. But okay, well, still. Yeah, not, not very becoming. Shall we continue? We can. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. We've done this a number of times. And I've asked you a number of questions on pretty broad-ranging issues. I'm perceiving this is actually troubling you. Profoundly troubles me because I think the church is caving in to women preachers. Um, just the other day, the same thing happened with Paula White. A whole bunch of leading evangelicals endorsed her new book. She's a heretic and a prosperity preacher, three times married. And what, what are they thinking? Um, the Me Too movement, again, is the culture reclaiming ground in the church. When the leaders of evangelicalism roll over for women preachers, the feminists have really won the battle. Um, the primary, the the primary, the primary effort in feminism is not equality. It's not they don't want equality. That's why 99% of plumbers are men. They don't want equal power to be a plumber. They want to be senators, preachers, congressmen president, the power structure in a university, they want power, not equality. Um, and this is, this is the highest location they can ascend to that power in the evangelical church and overturn what is clearly scriptural. Okay, I gotta say well, something I think here. This is fem- okay, so John MacArthur, I think is messing up here. Um, I think he's, he's, and I could be wrong because I'm, you know, not that smart. But I think he's he's confusing feminism the way that we see liberals and all of that and the Me Too movement, which is one of the, the my understanding of the Me Too movement is that women were coming forward and saying, hey, I was sexually abused. And that was a result of people like Bill Cosby and other predators out there who molested, and also the predators in the church, okay? Beth herself is a victim, so, you know, she has a right to speak out. I was a victim of abuse. I spoke out. I didn't jump on the bandwagon like everybody else because that's just not my thing. But I don't think the ultimate goal of the so-called Me Too movement and women preachers is to become a women preacher and to get into the pulpit. I think that the ultimate goal of the enemy is to twist God's word using men and women and not just in particular women, but. Did he mention the Me Too movement? Yeah, he did. Okay, I guess I missed that. You did. I did. Um, Tell him he did, everybody in the chat room. 
Yeah, that's what he was talking about. Okay. But what did you hear? Well, I heard about, you know, feminism and, and not seeking equality, but seeking power. Right. It makes me wonder if he has a problem with congresswomen, you know, women in Congress, or if he'd have... Um, Annette said hi to you. Hi, Annette. Or if, or if he would, if, if he would cry sacrilege, um, if there was a woman president. I, I think that his example about male plumbers was stupid. They don't have anything to do with anything. Well, that was the dumbest example ever, in my opinion. Yeah, it was kind of degrading to plumbers, but uh, it, I think his point was that. <laughs> You know, it's not, uh, you know, the the liberal feminism that we see isn't about equality, want the same jobs, you know, even though women are going to combat, which I think is why. Um, but, I, I think that's stupid myself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't see women clamoring to be plumbers or, you know, construction workers or that kind of thing that... That it's that it's looking for positions of of power. Truth, the truth of the matter is, is the feminist movement is lock hand stepped. It's it's in lockstep with the homosexual lobby. The feminist movement they advocate for things that actually destroy women's lives and men's lives. Homosexuality is one. Abortion is the other. Uh, the the whole ground on what it was, which it was originally based was on equal pay for women and here's a news flash women do get paid relatively equally today and and where they don't it's because they're working fewer hours okay but i'll tell you what i just read an article about the direct sales industry which is an industry it's a valid career people where women make billions compared to the men yeah. um and there is no ceiling in, right. in that industry you know that's part of the reason i'm in it is because i'm building a foundation and stuff so it's a load of baloney 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 it's baloney that women don't get paid equally right. what, what they don't tell you is they don't tell you all the different things you know look yeah, the there are women they chose in college and yeah there are women that. ceos lawyers for example i learned this because i work with legal shield right uh, female lawyers, there are a lot of female lawyers, but you know why most female lawyers don't become partners in, in law firms and stuff? It's because they want to go home and raise their children. And they don't have the, the desire nor the drive to do that. I mean, it, there's so many things that the liberal feminists, they don't talk about. And the conservative ones, well, yeah, we do, whatever. You know, we're, quote, more traditional <laughs> Why is it half of the women in the world have no problem and the other half do? <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. Let's continue before our show ends. Yeah, sounds like a reasonable thing. Okay. All right, stand by. Feminism gone to church. This is why we can't let the culture exegete the Bible. And I need to add a footnote. When the Southern Baptists met in June and they passed Resolution 9 and they said intersectionality and critical theory are useful tools in interpreting the Bible, that was a watershed moment for that entire movement. Because if the culture has the right to interpret the Bible, they will interpret the Bible and liberalism will take over. And this is an evidence that they are allowing the culture to interpret the scripture. A couple weeks after that, there was a panel discussion of Southern Baptist leaders 
who said there should never be another translation committee without a Latino, an African-American, and a woman on it. Translation of the Bible? How about somebody who knows Greek and Hebrew? Well, so, that I agree with. I think that that's... But I also understand what he's saying. And this is, this is not a minor issue. When you literally overturn the clear teaching of Scripture uh, to empower people who want power, uh, you, you have given up biblical authority. This is not a small issue. People would say... No, that it's 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 not our intention specifically after the convention of the Southern Baptist Convention. This is not about egalitarianism. This is maybe perhaps a soft complementarianism. First of all, is there such a thing as soft complementarianism? Well, I don't I don't know about terms. I just know women are not allowed to preach. All right. Do you think that that is the direction that the SBC is headed in? Oh. So more than a direction. It was a plunge headlong. But it's not just that. You can see it in other things that they're tolerant of. Um, you know, did, I guess in some ways it's remarkable they lasted as long as they did when all the other denominations have been gone 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And they held on to inerrancy and they held on to a legitimate hermeneutic. But when you decide that the culture can interpret the scripture and you need cultural cues to translate the Bible, the horse is out of the barn. Do you believe that on that issue, it is, can the horse be returned at the barn? It's not likely because that, that is the result of a democratic decision. They voted on that, right? And the majority voted that external cultural cues are useful tools in interpreting the Bible. Um, that's the fruit of inadequate teaching at a core level, at a foundational level. So how do you turn that around without going back into the whole operation and changing the way they understand Right. Okay, so there's a couple of things here. So Todd Friel, who is kind of an arrogant, pompous butthead in many ways, Hi, Todd. I hope you didn't mind me saying that. Anyway, uh, he just comes off real cocky, right? He he has a show called Wretched, you know, and, and, and whereas he has made a good caricature of himself, he really does come off as a pompous jerk, right? And I really want to say the other word, but I'm not going to because I'm the Southern lady now. Um, <clears throat> but you can't take New York out of a California girl either, just saying. <laughs> uh yeah, that's right. That's for you, Sean. Just saying. Anyway, so, um, so he's he asked the question about egalitarianism. If you don't know what that is, because look, I'm just gonna be honest. I looked the word up. It means belief in the equality of all people, especially especially political, social, or economic. Okay, versus complementarian, which is you know the you know, the men and women complement one another. Um, so what John is arguing is that the Southern Baptist Convention, which there was a huge controversy over earlier this year, maybe it was late last year, where, <laughs> that's all right, <laughs> where, um, uh, where, first of all, should homosexuality be um, embraced, 
right? That was a big debate. The other debate was, should somebody like Beth Moore become the president of the Southern Baptist Convention? That was huge. If you don't believe me, go ahead, just do a news search on Beth Moore and the Southern Baptist Convention. There was a huge debate over that because everybody's like, no, we can't have a female over the convention because, you know, first of all, it can't be her because she's crazy. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, you should see some of the vitriol. I was, it was ridiculous. And I don't talk about it a lot because, frankly, it disgusts me. Um... But the cultural cues referring to Latinos and Americans and and using them, not Americans, women, and using them to, you know, be a part of a Bible translation team, I think that's far-fetched. And what, frankly, why should anybody's ethnicity or gender have anything to do with translating the Bible if the person knows Hebrew and Greek, which I know Beth Moore does? She, may, she might not be as much of a Hebrew and Greek scholar as John is, but she's gone to seminary, I believe, and she's studied and she knows this. So if she wanted to, and I know he wasn't talking about her in particular, if she wanted to be part of a translation team, why not? You know, I mean, if you look at the seminary, the geniuses behind the Jesus semin seminar years ago, which was nothing but twisting of the scripture, John MacArthur's argument is lame on its face, if you even want to say that, because because people can have the knowledge of Hebrew and Greek and still mistranslate it to make it do what they want to say. That's why the NIV Bible is not recommended by me. That's why the Message Bible, which isn't even a translation, is not recommended by me. Eugene Peterson, I think, was the one that did that, um, you know, and all that. So... I see what he's saying. I don't agree with it. I think I think his mind is a little bit kind of narrow. Um, what do you think, Bearface? By the way, Barb, I see your comments too. Uh, Barb says, this is juvenile and cheap gossip. Oh, I like how you spelled cheap there, like the bird. <laughs> and, and says, is he qualified to make a psychiatric diagnosis? Yeah, I don't think so, actually. You know, to call her narcissistic, seriously? Uh, do you guys, I mean, it's funny. I know quite a few people who've dealt with seriously narcissistic people. And um, anyway, yeah, I, that was, that's just lame. I know. If, if you know, and I have, I have misgivings, you might say, about, uh, about women in the pulpit. Uh, and the people that use use the scriptures that people often use like first timothy 2 to argue against it i think they're taking that out of context um but then when the yeah. qualifications for an overseer you know the um there's no qualification for pastor per se um though the gift pastor and teacher is mentioned in scripture there's no qualification for pastor per se but an overseer an episcopos a bishop if you will um, the qualifications are given for to be the husband of one wife, etc., which I think rules out women. Uh, that part, yeah, the husband of the one wife thing, you can't really kind of, you know. Yeah, well, well, these days. And that also can... rules out homosexuals, too, because yeah. technically, if you're homosexual, you're a boy, which means that you would, quote, be a homosexual, you'd be the husband of a husband, which would be a man, so that, that nixes you, too. Anyway, it's, we're 40 minutes into this thing. Um, <laughs> it's okay. But, yeah, so, you know, having, 
you know, some sort of, you know, uh, hesitations myself about it and some, you know, uncertainties, you know, if I was asked for that, um, if Freel had asked me and let's say I was dead set against it, mm-hmm. I might say, you know, trying to become a one word answer to her, I would say troubled or something like that but go home is just so juvenile in yeah, my in my not so humble opinion I, that is just it's just it's like you know just get out of here we don't like your kind just go home i'm gonna read just, you beth's response okay? okay october 23rd so this was yesterday so this is what beth moore wrote on her twitter account this is where she communicates with the world every day um she wrote really busy work day so i'm just now able to follow this up believe me you guys i'm not talking about cooling it on the issues misogyny is rampant and shameful i'm talking about not returning insult for insult what jesus called us to do in a case like this is hard and she capitalized that but right and then she's and then she went on to say hey y'all let's cool it on the slander toward j mac at all doesn't honor god let's move on that was her public response maybe i don't know what she said in private but if you read the comments, and there are 559 responses to that and 108 to the other one, um, and 45, almost 15,000 people hearted the comment, hey, y'all, let's cool it on the slander towards J-Mac at all, doesn't honor God, let's move on. And 4,500 hearted her first comment, which was the longer one I just read. Um, and I, I read through a lot of them, and most of them were respectful, but there were some that were rude, and all of them looked like, to me, they came from the reform camp, which is the camp that's attacking her. But anyway, um, let's see here. Looking at here, instead of the jab, he should have pointed out her errors in his opinion. Well, I personally think, this is my, my personal thought, I think Todd Friel, who does the show Wretched, um, and, you know, has money behind his radio show and whatever. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a divisive troublemaker. I think that's what he does. He doesn't know how to do a, just a clear apologetics program without attacking personalities. And that's what I personally have a problem with. And any of you who've ever watched this show for the 15 years I've done this show have, hopefully you have noticed, I don't go down that route. I don't think it's cool. You know, that's one thing I really appreciate and respect about Janet Parshall, who I consider my radio mentor. Um, you know, she would never, ever, ever, ever attack a fellow believer. Why? Because we have the world attacking us. So why are we attacking each other? Look, you know what? Just because I don't believe certain things about certain things, you know what? If we adhere to the basics of Christianity, the basic tenets, right? The death, burial, the resurrection, the virgin birth, the, the ascension, um, the second coming. Um, I personally throw Israel in there, the view on that. Um, am I missing anything? You know, the deity of Christ, the, the Trinity, you know, the essential foundations of our faith, which most Christians, frankly, can't defend because they're, they're not taught it because they're taught fluff usually, you know, and unless they get interested in apologetics, which is the, the, the defense of the faith, you know, if we agree on these things, these other things, they're not, they aren't means of salvation. Not that any of these other things are either, but it really helps to have the biblical view on that. <laughs> 
to, so that you can grow in your in your walk with the Lord. I know a lot of Christians, guys, that a lot of Christians, men, people. That's why I always say people because I, I meant guys and like everybody, but that's it's so sexist. People. <laughs> I know a lot of Christians who struggle in their faith because of how they were raised. They weren't taught um, how to just read the Bible for themselves. That's why I like Kay Arthur. If I'm going to commend any Bible teacher to you, it is her. It would be Kay Arthur from Precept Ministries and probably Pam Gillespie, who's also um, <clears throat> with Precept. Pretty much any Precept Bible teacher, honestly, um, I would I would trust. But, you know, these people have learned to do inductive Bible study, which is which is like you just take God's word and you just take it apart and you look at it in its context. That's why I like Ariel Ministries so much, our, our sponsor, because Arnold, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, man, he's got a theological mind like you wouldn't believe. And he knows God's word. He knows Hebrew. He knows Greek. Um, and he understands the culture in which the Bible was written. And that's what we're never taught most of the time, 99% of the time. Unless you have a real, real pastor who's going to actually dig into the history and the culture, you're not going to get that. You're looking at the Bible through a Western worldview. Most of you are. It was, you know, if you're in Canada or, or America, you're reading through the Bible with American eyes because that's your culture. That's where you live. That's not how it was written, though. That's not where it was written. It was written in Israel and, um, you know, other continents as well. But if you understand that culture... And how Jesus walked in that culture and what was going on, and you understand why certain things, then <clears throat> then God's word becomes more meaningful to you, and it gives more life to you because you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We there should be no room for all the fluff out there, but that's where the devil comes in, and um, and I just have to say, you know. There's a camp in the church that has given the devil too much power because he's everywhere. We're binding him. We're, you know, he's under the rock over there. We're declaring, we're stomping on him, which to me is the stupidest thing ever. Oh yeah, you're going to stomp on the devil. Good luck with that. You know, <laughs> you know, anyway. And then there's people, another part of the church that like, who, what? There's a devil. Oh yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and I, I think it's uh, Derek and Sharon Gilbert at the beginning of their show, they, their, one of their shows, they used to play this clip that said um, the, one of the biggest deceptions that the devil did was convincing people that he doesn't exist. Um, you know, I would say that's true. So you get your eyes off of Christ and his word and the context in which it's written and how it's supposed to apply to our life and use then you do it, you know, it, then you have the Christian compost out there, right? You have all that. And so, uh, so that's sad. Okay. So we're going to stop talking about Beth and John. Okay. So I do yeah. want to say before, we, did you want to finish? I would just say, wasn't it Paul Harvey that they played at the beginning there? I, yeah, the, it the could greatest, be. One of the greatest tricks that David Elva did was convincing people that he doesn't exist. Yeah. Like Anyway. Well, so today, I don't know how many of you know Toby Mac, but, you know, I opened the show tonight with his song, Speak Life. And I don't know how many of you heard, but his son, Truett Foster uh, McKee, McKee, how do you say that? McKeehan? McKeehan um, has died. 
Originally, when this was reported this morning, it was some people thought it was a joke, that it was like kind of a hoax type thing. Um, but, you know, in following the news today, I live here in the Nashville area. It was actually um, the Nashville, the Tennessean reported this, and that's actually where this article is from, um, reported that it, it, you know, that it did happen, that he really is dead, unfortunately. Um, of course, there was no cause of death given in all the reporting, so I actually did a, a search to find out if it was a suicide, and I want you to know that I did find a tweet that was put out by the police department that said that they have ruled out foul play and suicide. Okay. So I don't know if that gives any of you solace in knowing that it wasn't follow, follow play, uh, foul, foul play or suicide. Um, it, it does me personally. I'm glad that he wasn't murdered. I'm glad he didn't kill himself. That's what it appears at this point. Um, so they are getting him an autopsy right now. Um, and of course, um, Toby was not there, unfortunately. He, he was in Canada on tour. But let me just read you the article here. It says here, and this is what Toby wrote today. He died yesterday. Truett Foster McKeehan, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, had joy that took the room when he entered. He... he was a magnetic son and brother and friend. If you meet him or met him, you knew him, you remembered him, his smile, his laugh, the encouragement he offered with words or even without. He had an untamable grand personality and dreams to match, and he hated being put in a box. He expressed himself through the music he made, and by made, I mean written, recorded, produced, mixed, and designed the art, all of it, a true artist. His first show was a week ago, and it was nothing short of electric. Everyone felt it. Everyone knew it. He could have easily taken the easy route and put music out when he was 12, 14, 16, even 18, but he always said he wanted to live some life and have something to say before he did it. He didn't want to be a child star. He wanted to be a man with scars and a story to tell. I always admired, respected, and encouraged that stand. Truett always had a soft spot for God. The Bible moved him. His heart was warm to the thing, things of his king. He was by no means a cookie-cutter Christian, but gave me a believer who fights to keep believing. But give me, rather. <laughs> a believer who fights to keep believing. Give me a broken man who recognizes his need for a savior every time. That's who Truett was and how he should be remembered. My last moment with Truett in person was at his first show, this past Thursday at the factory in Franklin, Tennessee. I had to leave the next morning very early to fly and start our Canadian tour. As I stood in the audience and watched my son bring joy to a room, I was as proud as a pop, as True called me, could be. It was the culminating moment of a dream that he had since he was 12. I couldn't have, it couldn't have been sweeter. Our music and what we say lyrically couldn't be more different, but the outcome was much the same offering a room full of people minutes of joy in a crazy world and then he went on to share his last text message exchange 
where he wrote, I wanted to tell you how proud I was of you last night. Your show was amazing. And I think you got the it factor, which is very important, but unexplainable. Your joy is infectious and you invite people into it. But one more thing, I was very, very, very proud of you when you went down and stood on the front row after most people left. You watched Nathan's show from the front row and encouraged him. That kind of thing right there will take you farther than great art. God doesn't miss those things like he notices things like that and, I, and blesses us, I promise. And then Truett's response was, um, Love you, Dad. Thank you so much. You have always believed in me. Make me feel like a superhero. And then um, uh, Toby Mac writes, My wife and I want the world to know this. We don't follow God because we have some sort of under-the-table deal with him, like we'll follow you if you bless us. We follow God because we love him. It's our honor. He is the God of the hills and the valleys, and he is beautiful above all things. So that's heartbreaking, actually. To me, it's it's you know hard not to feel sad about that so Jamie Grace also tweeted about um Truett because she was a friend of his and um she actually used to work with Toby Mac many years and she basically tweeted that you know she didn't understand uh what had happened um you know but she was heartbroken over it too so that's not much response but you can go on Twitter and put in his name and you can see the stuff coming out about that as well um (laughs) Man, I'm getting congested again. I don't know what it is, but maybe talking a lot congests me. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, 20 years, I know what, 21 years is really hard. Uh, okay. Yes. Also, I should share a prayer request with you guys. Um, you guys know Vicki Fitch. Um, a couple of days ago, we... Um, prayed for her son, Elijah, and um, Elijah has had some complications um, recently as a result of his concussion that he had. And so in case you haven't seen her Facebook page today, I wanted to share with you that um, he went to the doctor and also um, um, he went he went back to the neurologist and uh, Vicky posted earlier today that they have actually admitted her son to the hospital. Um, so please pray for him. His name is Elijah and, um, they ran some tests on him and they wanted him in the hospital. So, um, and he's, I think he's 17, so he's pretty young kid too. Although he might think he's a man. Yeah, he is very tall. He's like twice my height. True. I'm super short. Um, but yeah, please pray for Elijah and Vicky and her family too. That would um, be really good to do that. Also, I would like to, um, did we throw up the Ariel graphic? No. Okay. I know because I had just mentioned them. <laughs> uh, so here's a graphic in case you guys don't know. Ariel is our sponsor. You can go to ariel.org. And I highly encourage you to because they got some great stuff there. This discount is 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News. Check it out. Hanukkah is coming. Christmas is coming. And uh, Thanksgiving is coming, people. You know, there's there's lots of holidays coming. In fact, two months from today is Christmas Eve, people. So, uh, yeah, go there. Go, go get some. Go shop. Shop Ariel. 
And also, if you want to donate to our show, you can do that at our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. I want to thank all of you guys that do donate. We really appreciate it. We, um, we, uh, you know, um, I was telling Randall how blessed we really are because we have so many friends that love us. You guys really love us. And it cracks me up because sometimes I'm like, woe is me. You know, the world is ending. <laughs> but, um, you know, we... We have a, we incurred a 34, about $3,400 debt because of our dog recently. Uh, and um, when we asked for support for help with our dog, um, <clears throat> a number of you stepped up and donated something to help us pay down that debt because we don't have it coming in right now. It's just, it's been a really tough year for us, just to be honest. It's just been hard. Um, so we want to thank you. Anybody, you know, you donate anything, just a couple extra bucks. That's good. I don't care how much it is. Um, you know, somebody sent me a $5 in the mail and that touched me more than you know. And you know who you are. Um, you know, so thank you for the donations. Just donate has, however God leads you to. Look, I know many of us are going through this. It's a very weird season, I think, for a lot of believers, actually. Um, so you can donate on our website. And... Uh, and, or if you'd like to get legal shield or identity theft protection through me, um, I am working toward, uh, my monthly goals. I'm like, re I'm short this month, actually. I'm short every month height wise, but I'm actually short this month. <laughs> I've been doing really good. I've been qualifying every month up until now. And here's the thing, you guys, I'm just being honest. Uh, I'm shooting for 13 months in a row to get, uh, performance club qualified, meeting my goals every month, um, so that my bonus is a lot bigger. It will literally be, uh, $120 more if I can keep that streak going. So it's kind of important to me personally to keep that going. And right now I'm two sales away this month from, uh, from meeting that goal. Cause what will happen if I don't meet it is basically I got to start back at square one. Cause the way that they they give you your bonus in performance club is you do a year straight and they give you like I get right now I get a $65 bonus, which is really not a lot of money. It will jump to 185 once I'm in that 13th month. Right now I'm going for month 11. If I miss this month, I got to start back at month one <laughs> and go all the way back and, you know, and all that. It's hard. It's hard. I do a lot of networking. I've met hundreds of people this year. I've been out there networking and stuff. Um, and so, hey, if this is something that you think would benefit you, I can tell you two ways that will benefit us. Number one, your support of our show. When you buy it, you're actually supporting our show um, on a monthly basis, but you're getting a product and a great service at the same time doing it that way. Um, and the second way is that the product really is going to serve you very well. You know, I could talk to you all day about how it can serve you. Um, I didn't even know the gold I had when I signed up for it. Um, it's one of those things that just keeps unfolding. Like, oh my gosh, this is great for that. I had no idea, you know. So, um, so if identity theft protection is something that you've been thinking about getting, uh, get in touch with me or if you want the legal plan, um, I'm looking for two more people this month. So, uh, yeah, just think about it, pray about it, and, uh, you know, 
that's that's my ask on that um and i guess that's it so here's the thing wait um one other thing let's see if i can find it I am getting congested. So tomorrow night, we also have a show. I have a whole bunch of other news I didn't even get to. I actually didn't think the show was going to cover all John MacArthur and Beth Moore, the whole thing. But Saturday night, I am interviewing Todd Hampson, uh, who is the author of here, The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation. And this here is the subtitle, Bible Prophecy for Everyone. And it says here, cuts through the complexity and confusion, entertaining and user-friendly, full of fascinating visuals, timelines, and charts. I'm going to be giving away one of these books during, it will be this book, during the show, Saturday night at 8 o'clock. You're going to be here live to uh, to participate in winning it. Um, and uh, tomorrow we will be new, doing news. Saturday, Todd will be my guest on Zoom. And, and then Sunday we have uh, Bareface teaching us from God's word. Yes, we do. So, uh, so that is our plan for this weekend. And, um, I think that's it. Randall, you have anything you want to add? <laughs> yeah, there are several stories you teased in your, uh, earlier scope that we haven't even touched. So we'll have to get to those tomorrow. Oh, that again. was on my Instagram channel. Instagram, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, we got lots of news we are, we will discuss. Tomorrow, actually, I got one called The Cult Roots of, Dra of the Drag Identity. You know, there are. So, yeah, lots of stuff. So, we'll be back tomorrow, you guys. I hope you get some rest. Have a good Friday tomorrow, even though Good Friday was earlier this year. <laughs> Sorry, that was supposed to be funny. Anyway, have a good Friday. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. And remember, as I always say, people, be bold, stand up, and go with God, people. Because he loves you. He really does love you. Believe that. Get that down into your heart, okay? We'll see you tomorrow.